in today's show. We're looking at the waiver wire for fantasy basketball, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Here we are for the Waiver Wire show. Yes, we will talk about Bowl, Bowl. In this show, don't worry, we'll talk about that later on. Let's uh, look at the most added players across fantasy leagues over the last 24 hours. Number one, not a surprise, the Discman, C.D. Arsman. Um, Pretty obvious one. I thought it was an obvious one as soon as Rubio went down. He, to me, is the guy that was going to be the ad in 12-team leagues. We saw that in game one with him returning. Um, Yeah, straightforward. Just add him in 12-team leagues. There'll be ups and downs. He'll have some bad nights for sure. And he'll look like an iffy option. But to me, he's the guy who's going to be able to have the closest chance at maintaining 12-team value. Remember, Rubio had a stretch where he was struggling a lot with his shot and wasn't really looking too much like a 12-team league player. So Osmond could fall into that area, um, but he is a must-roster guy. Taylor Horton Tuck has been added a lot. That one, I'm not really sure why. I guess the Lakers play today, so that's part of it. He did have a nice showing last time out. I, I wouldn't be looking at him as a must-roster guy. Lance Stevenson, last two games have been really, really good from Lance. There is no Brogdon or Levert or Lamb playing. Well, actually, no, Lamb's back. But Brogdon Levert, that's 70 minutes and a lot of shots. And Stevenson won't play 30 minutes a night, I, I would guess, when those two guys return. Duarte only played 18 minutes in his first game back as well. So while adding Lance is great because people love the bloke, um, I just don't see any long-term, short-term, sure, no worries. If Brogdon and Levert miss another one, no worries. Go and add Lance and streaming, stream him in. Long-term, I, I don't really see that. Nyekaro Kongwu, yep, absolutely a great ad because Clint Capella's out. He's not playing today. I don't know how long Capella's ankle injury is going to keep him out, but even if it's just for a one-game stream for a Kongwu, we already saw last game that there was a bit of a minute split happening between Capella and a Kongwu anyway which I don't know if that was going to continue that way. But now that Capella's out, we add a Kongwu, and then we find out the severity of Capella's ankle, and then we adjust from there. Tyus Jones, he's been playing all right. And with Jar Morant out, yep, he's a great add. Kevin Herter, yeah, like, fine, I guess. I'm not super sold on him long-term. Brandon Clark putting up some really good numbers. And with Steven Adams out, his value is high. Malik Monk's a 12-team league guy. He needs to be rostered in all leagues. And Alex Len, I don't really know what's going on there. He did play well last game, but Holmes is going to be back really soon, and there's just no value in Lend. And Kobe White, playing well. I don't know how it's going to work when uh, Alex Caruso returns, and then after that, Javante Green. But for now, White does have some of that 12-team league appeal. My um, confidence in that maintaining rest of season is pretty low, but for now, White is producing at a pretty decent level, a level enough to where we can look at him as a 12-team league player. If we look at some droppable guys... Again, some of these guys have been dropped in a lot of spots, and some of them are guys that I think if you do have, you can consider moving on. 
Now, at the start, top of this list, you've got Jalen Smith. It's pretty obvious. Um, it, it happens a lot, <clears throat> and I know majority of you won't feel this way, but a, a lot do, and I, I get your comments about this all the time. It's when someone comes in as a third stringer and puts up good numbers, people cling to the hope. Oh, maybe they'll just keep playing him. He'll take over from JaVale. They'll play together. He can still work out 24, 25 minutes and be useful enough. And honestly, it just doesn't happen. Smith played like nine minutes last game or eight minutes, whatever it was. And he's going to head back out of the rotation. They might find some minutes for him. But it just is not likely to happen. And I think that's probably what's going to happen with someone like a Lance Stevenson in Indiana. Is when those guys come back, he's going to move to an 18-minute role or a 15-minute role or something like that. If they even sign him for the rest of the season, Lance, which they haven't. And Jalen Smith, we've seen this. Yeah, Aiton and McGee are back, and he's useless. And Bismack Biombo. People added Bismack Biombo, the fourth string center. Um, Jordan Wara. I probably would hold Wara a little bit. I know he was really bad last game, but there's still no uh, Allen or Connaughton. Um, Holiday is back out of protocols, but he's got a sore ankle now. So there is some minutes there. I don't mind holding him, but long term, there's no value. Dropping Hassan Whiteside's weird to me. Gobert's still out. And I know Whiteside didn't produce last game. We had like eight and eight. He is their starting center for probably at least two more games. You can get 13 and 10, two blocks, 60% from the field. That's not unrealistic for Whiteside. That is not what you should be doing. You should not be dropping Hassan Whiteside, even though he is the worst. That should not have happened. The Winter Soldier, Max Struess, we saw last game, Duncan Robertson got hot. Struess played 21 minutes, and it is not going to get better when Gabe Vincent returns or when Jimmy Butler returns. It was a nice story. Struis was playing well. I like him as a player. There just is not enough minutes there consistently for him to be a 12-team league player. Now we move on to guys that I think can be drops if you've got the, the roster spots and you need them. Lamarcus Aldridge. Claxton's taken over there, and Aldridge is not getting those 27 minutes a night. Drop him. Dennis Schroeder. We saw last game that you know they can't close with Smart and Schroeder together, and I think they're better off playing someone like Josh Richardson ahead of him. And that's exactly what happened last game for Boston. It's sure to play like 22 minutes. I know it's hard to drop a guy that can drop 20 points in a game, but, and you don't just have to go drop him. That's The droppable section doesn't mean you must drop this player. What it means is, is if I am looking to create a spot, or if I'm looking to bring someone off my injured list, or I am making a trade and need an extra roster spot, or there's a hot free agent and I want to stream in, Lance Stevenson, Hassan Whiteside, one of these guys that's getting a boost. I think Schroeder's droppable. I think the same thing goes for Bogdan Bogdanovich, who's like barely a top 200 player this season. I think he's 199th. When DeAndre Hunter comes back, it's going to get even squishier. Your Herder's there. Bogdanovich is there. Reddish is there. Yeah, Bogdanovich had a great run last year. Shot like 46% from three in a season where Hunter and Reddish basically didn't play. And those two guys, I know Hunter's out, but he will be back. Dillon Wright's also there. It's just hard for me to look at him as a must-roster guy. Same with RJ Barrett, a terrible category league player, decent enough points league player, but there's no need to hold him in a 12-teamer. And Hamadou Diallo, they're getting players back. Diallo is still producing okay serviceable lines at times, but he's not playing 30 minutes a night anymore. And when Grant comes back, and yes, Grant could easily get traded. But when Grant is back, he's going to play 21 a night and not be useful. So if you do want that, he's not even a 12-team league guy now, I don't think Diallo. Um, so if you want to move on, move on. I, I don't think it would be anywhere close to the end of the world. It's also not the end of the world if you don't get Bilt Bar, but it's pretty close to it. Because Bilt Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. You're here, 2022, ready, fit, firing, 
Well, hopefully you're fit and firing because if you're not, maybe you need to get rid of those sugary treats in your house. And instead of having those candy bars that are high in calories, high in fat and high in sugar, maybe you get built bucks. It's high in protein and it's low in carbs and low in sugar and low in fat, but it's high in the old DI, deliciousness index. Big, big flavors in Built Bar. So why don't you go to Built.com, fill up your box, not your box, your carts, with boxes of Built Bars. Get them, get a few of them because they're great. Use the code LOCKED15. That'll save you 15%. And that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. That'll save you 15% at Built.com. And just thrive yourself. That's not the right word. Indulge yourself in the deliciousness that is Built Bar. Built Bar is built different. Thanks for listening to Locked On Fantasy Basketball. But also, after you've listened to this, why don't you check out our new show, Locked On Now. Nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. Listen to Locked On Now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or watch it on the Locked On NBA YouTube channel. All right, let's go to some must-roster players. These are guys who are available in at least 40% of leagues on different formats, Yahoo, ESPN, whatever. Um, And they shouldn't be. They should be rostered in every league. Kevin Love. I know that what he is doing looks ridiculous. In like 22 minutes a night, you're producing top 50 numbers. But he's actually pushing to 27, 28. The numbers will even out. They'll flatten off for sure. But he shouldn't be on a wave wire. Nor should Herbalife Jones. I am getting more and more skeptical that Zion is returning this season. There's no way he's back before the All-Star break, in my opinion. No way. Maybe he's back in March. So that means Jones, instead of moving to a 27-minute-a-night role, he stays at a 32, 33-minute-a-night role. His shooting has improved dramatically. Shout-out Fred Vinson. Whether it's real or not, I don't know, but we might be getting there. He's like 23 percentage points higher on his free-throw percentage than he was in college. He's hitting, he hit 28% of his threes in college. Yeah, the numbers are up. He should be on a roster. <clears throat> I have skepticism about some of the defensive stats maybe sticking. I think he's a great defender, but some of those numbers are pretty high. But you've got to roster him. Josh the Hitman Hart in New Orleans as well. I know he's out for today's game, but must roster. Dylan Brooksy Brooks. Frustrating as a player, but got to have him in the fantasy league. Marcus Morris. That might change very much so when Paul George returns. In fact, it probably will. Sorry, I should say if Paul George returns, which I don't know if he will. Patrick Beverly and Jared Vanderbilt bar. Vanderbilt is staying at like 13% rostered on ESPN. No one's picking him up, apparently. Not a single person has picked him up over the last four weeks. Something's off. Both of those guys are must roster. So is Josh Giddy, who's available in over 40% of leagues on ESPN. Explain that to me. You can't. Um, Jalen Brunson. And Franz Wagner. These are obvious ones, but I'm telling you, they are available in some leagues. And I don't even care if you're in a 10-team league. These are must-roster players. Must-roster players. Let's look at some upside grabs now. Um, Josh Primo in San Antonio. I think he's flashed a little bit. We're going to see. In fact, by the time you're watching this, you would have seen the game uh, against the Nets. I haven't actually... It's actually just finished, so I'm just going to have a look at what he did. He played a lot of minutes. He didn't do particularly well with his shooting, but I've been impressed with his passing uh, and some of his defensive stuff. And I think there is a chance that, well, there's not a chance that the Spurs make trades, but there is a chance that of injuries to White or to Murray, that they just phase Walker out. He's a name to watch long-term. Dennis Smith Jr. Why is he an upside grab? I think he's going to have a pretty permanent role this season. You know that I've said um, that Lillard probably doesn't make it past the All-Star break. 
if I had Damian Lillard right now and someone offered me a top 75 player in a trade, I would do it absolutely immediately. Um, I think Smith is going to... I don't think he's going to start, but all it's going to take is an Anthony Simons injury and Dennis Smith's a starter and putting up top 100 sort of numbers. So he's a bit of an upside grab. It's not far off him being actually a fantasy relevant player. If you've got stash ability, I think he works out pretty well. Again, none of the little stuff is confirmed. But all, all I will say is that if I had an opportunity to trade him away, I would do it. Josh Christopher, nice upside grab. <clears throat> Don't know what Houston's going to do. To me, they should be prioritizing him over Matthews and over Brooks. They haven't yet, but maybe they will. Trades could come. BJ Boston, it depends which way the Clippers season goes. If they keep losing and George remains out, I could see Boston with a 25-minute-a-night roll. And I think he's been, if a bloke picked in the 50s, I think he's been really impressive. And I think maybe we head to March. There's a decent role there for him. Yeah, Bledsoe might be gone. Do they move on from Canard? Maybe not. But Canard's got knee issues. There's an, there's an opportunity there. And then in New York, Quentin Grimes. Yeah, Barrett, Fournier. These guys have stunk most of the season. Grimes has come in, played some pretty good defense, hit some threes. Yeah, Tom Thibodeau is not the one to pack it in and say, let's just play rookies and develop them. But who knows, man? I, I just think there's something there with Grimes, and he's getting some minutes, and that's already a win uh, as a rookie under Thomas Thibodeau. Better line would like to wish you all a happy betting new year as we continue towards the playoffs. The NFL March, the playoffs happening right now as I'm recording this, and Better Line remains the number one spot for all sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year, so they've got a new updated desktop site, and there's also the mobile site you can use as well. So when you go to sign up, use your promo code Locked On and get a 50% welcome match deposit on that first deposit. From basketball to football, the NHL, boxing, UFC, or right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait and take advantage of all of the fantastic offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline is where the game starts. All right, here it is. I'm sure you've all been waiting for it. Other names, Bol Bol. Um, okay, Bol Bol, if you're not aware, was traded to the Detroit Pistons today in exchange for a second-round pick, the Brooklyn Nets second-round pick, so about pick 57, and Rodney Magruder. So in essence, traded for nothing. Yep, we got that. Traded for nothing. Um, I know people love Bol Bol. <clears throat> Man, his dad was cool. He was. Manute Bol was great. Bol, look how funny he looks. He's very tall and skinny. And he's dribbling the ball and hitting threes. Yeah, okay. That's a little bit unfair. But it is cool to see him do stuff. He's actually a really bad NBA player. And he doesn't try. He's got off-court issues. Why do you think he failed to pick number 44? He's a very good shooter, a horrific defender, a horrific defender. Yeah, he can dribble and he can pass a little bit, but he is not good. So these are the couple of things that I've seen today that I think are, are worth mentioning. Oh, should I drop Isaiah Stewart now that Bol Bol is in Detroit? Like, no. Bol Bol is not a center. I know he's very tall. He does not. He has not played, I don't think, any center at all because he cannot do it. He is a four, maybe a three. He's probably a four. He, he, he's, he is not a center, all right? Um, <clears throat> so there's Stewart. Why would they? I know Isaiah Stewart's been disappointing this season, and Dwayne Casey's a dickhead, and I have some doubts about Troy Weaver at times. I think it's, it's fine to take this flyer on ball, right? But 
is Bol, and I think Trey Lyles are not very good, but is Bol better than him? No, he's not. Is Bol better than Kelly Linick? No. Bol better than Isaiah Stewart? No. Is he better than Luca Garza? Probably. He might get 12 minutes a night, but when Grant and Olenek return, and then there's Bay and Diallo who can play the 3-4 as well, where are the minutes for Bol? Who's he replacing in the rotation at the moment? Lyles? I just, I, I don't see it. Now, they could easily just say, well, we're not, we're trading Olenek. We're trading Grant. And here's the minutes, and we're going to make Bol a starter. And Josh will look foolish. I, I just don't buy it for this guy at all. I don't think he's a very good NBA player. Um, but I'm happy, I'm happy to be wrong on, on all this stuff. Like, I, I could very well be wrong. And use your own evaluation. Do you think that Bol's an actual good NBA player? Or do you look at some highlights and see ESPN pump him up and go, oh, Bol doing this? And then, you know, ignoring some of the horrific mistakes that he makes. He's blocked two shots all season. I know he hasn't played much, but he's played 80 minutes. And the fact that, you know, there's, you know, uh, the Woj articles today is like, yeah, it's hard for him to get minutes in the stacked Nuggets front court. The Nuggets front court is Nikola Jokic, fine. It's Jeff Green and Jermichael Green. Th that's the front court. Zeke Naji. You're not getting minutes over those blokes. It's not because it's stacked, it's because you're no good. And I think there may have been some issue with the Nuggets and Bowl, them saying, this guy just pisses us off and we're not playing him because he just will not commit or knuckle down or whatever. That's, that's speculation on my behalf. There's got to be some part of it. And maybe this trade wakes him up. If I'm in a 16-team league, fine. Take the flyer. 12-team, there's no way I would do it. None. I'd love to see what happens. I'm very interested to see what playing time they give him straight up. There are, there are some minutes there. But I'm, I'm, for now, there is anyway, until Grant and Olenek return. I'm not convinced. The other one I've had a lot of is DeMarcus Cousins. Hey, he's gone to Denver now, 12-10 mad. Look, no, no. He'll back up, back up Nikola Jokic. So there's 15 minutes a night, maybe? Or maybe they play together. Yeah, maybe not, though. I really don't think that's going to happen. Um, Cousins is on a 10-day for a start. He is back with his former coach, Michael Malone, who worked well with him. But at this point, we know who DeMarcus Cousins is. He's a guy who used to put up big numbers and be a very good player, who's had multiple catastrophic leg injuries and really can't play big minutes consistently and is fine as a backup. So no, we don't add Cousins in 12-team leagues. Cam Johnson moved to the bench last game. Bothell played well. Big minutes, keep him in 12-team leagues. Kiefer Sykes. I've been impressed with his little run as a starting point guard. Um, in deeper leagues, just pay attention to him. When Brogdon returns, I think there's some value there with Sykes. Quickly mention Nick Claxton. He's a must-roster player. Omer Yetzevan. Love what he's doing. Got to be rostered in all leagues for now. Once Bam returns, I think there's no chance. Um, yes, I think there's a decent chance, and they should actually... Yetzevan should be ahead of Deadman. I think, that's, I think that should be pretty clear. But there, I've seen a lot of people um, hoping... No, they'll just play. They'll just play them together. Bam moves to the four. Yurt seven will start. Thirty minutes. Bang, it's done. And to me, that is just completely wishful thinking. I just don't think there's any way that is going to happen. Maxi Kleber, while Paul Zingas is out, he's a good stream. And then Aaron Wigo Wiggins, another name that's worth mentioning. 
Probably a 14-team league, 16-team league guy. I think he's going to start majority games for the Thunder here. But that doesn't mean he's a must-roster 12-team league player. He's a very low-usage guy. He doesn't really rack up stats in multiple areas. Like he's fine to have in those deeper formats, but for 12s, probably not there. Well, that'll do it for me today, guys. Let me know, especially what you think about Bolt. Drop it in the comments below. Am I completely off base? Am I being irrational? What's Bolt's playing time going to look like? Let me know. Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you're on YouTube, give it a thumbs up and leave your comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.